And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and yes, we are transmitting live from our station here, www.twave.tv, tweetcasting.tv, and of course, Facebook Live. And thank you for being part of our program today, as we're going to be talking about prophecy of the cross. We know that Resurrection Day is soon approaching, but does the Bible prophesy regarding the cross and the crucifixion of Christ. And we're going to talk about that today here in our program, myself and Nathan Jones. But before we continue, I want to encourage those of you that are watching us live on social media to go ahead and post and blog your questions or your comments for us there regarding our program. We would love to be able to dialogue with you. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love, for your passion to die on the cross for our sins so that mankind might be saved. Mm. And as we study your word today, we pray that you open up with its meaning so we can rejoice in your passion and share in it. And uh, Lord, those may be saved in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. As we're talking about the prophecy of the cross. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Broward, Calvary Aventura, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. If you find yourselves in the Highland Aventura area, we'd love for you to drop by and say hello to us. We're located at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. And of course, we encourage you to keep us in prayer here also during the week. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Great to be on. It's been a week or two. I'm so happy every time we get together instead of the other work. Nathan, the same here, the same here. It's always exciting because we get to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ with our audience and our listeners. And of course, uh, it's always fun to have you on all the way from Texas and me sweating here in Miami already, Nathan. <laughs> oh, is it already summertime in Miami and April? Absolutely, Nathan. We had a quick cold snap and all of a sudden the heat is back. So it's, I hope that uh, this year will not be like last year, even though I say that every year, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a cold snap in Miami means 60 degrees and balmy, right? No. <laughs> 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 oh, but Nathan, we're doing great here. Thank you for uh, for asking, and I'm also excited about the wonderful things uh, regarding Lamb Lion Ministry and Christ in Prophecy. And uh, Nathan, I was looking at your website for those that are watching us live; they can actually see that there uh, in the um, the back. TV monitor that we have, and I notice on your website you have the importance of biblical context. Can you talk to us about your resources there and some of the things that individuals can catch there on your website? Well, certainly, uh, I work for Serve Planning Ministries, which is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And uh, I serve as the associate evangelist and web minister here. And we will wealth information on our website, lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. You can watch our television show broadcast all over the national networks uh, called Christ and Prophecy with Dr. David Rake. Uh, we have many articles, social networks, blogs, newsletter you can sign up for, a wealth of resources. We want you to get excited about what we're excited about. Jesus Christ is coming soon. 
Ooh, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing those wonderful resources. I'm going to encourage those of you that are watching us live. We see we have uh, Guillermo Diaz and some others there that are watching us live via social media, Facebook. We thank you. And take advantage of these uh, wonderful resources that Nathan Jones was talking to us about. Uh, they just a wealth of information. Nathan, I understand you've also been doing some incredible interviews with um, a lot of incredible individuals that are well-known for biblical prophecy. Can you talk to us about your, your TV program? Well, Christ and Prophecy uh, studies Bible prophecy in relation to, or as it relates to current events. Uh, we don't take the newspaper and then pass <laughs> it over Bible prophecy. <laughs> time period where many Bible prophecies and signs of the end times are coming true. And so we have a number of guests on our show, Dr. David Reagan and I, we both interview. But uh, a number of people are latest. We've, we've had uh, Doug Greenwald, who shows you with the context of the passages. It gives you so many deeper layers into what the Bible is saying. We've had uh, John Kahn, one of the most more famous guests, uh, who wrote uh, The Harbinger and some yes. other, uh, a few other books. And he talked to us about um, Bible prophecy. And we've had many, Mark Hitchcock. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing a TV shoot with Gary Frazier, who is an expert on Israel. We've had uh, Bill Koenig, who's a White House correspondent, and we talked yes. a lot about the Obama administration reacted to Israel over the time and what that legacy has left our current thing with Israel. So quite a number of episodes. Uh, they can check us out on our website, landline.com, or watch them on the network site based on NRMTV. Oh, awesome. Well, I love catching those, Nathan, and also your inboxes. They're just so so uh, so incredibly well done and just a wonderful uh, wealth of information there for our listeners and our viewers. So I'm excited for that. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah, I mean, our television show, of course, is a half hour long. The inbox does what you mentioned, answer Bible prophecy questions in you know, anywhere between four to seven minutes. And it's so simple. We put those on YouTube and yes. uh, video. And their idea to, to you know, give you a bite of Bible prophecy. And then even shorter, we got one-minute Bible prophecy insight videos. And uh, folks can check those out as well on our website at lamblion.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, of course, we're entering uh, a really wonderful season, and we call that Easter. We know it as Resurrection Day, and it's really a, a really wonderful time of the year. Uh, unfortunately, there's so much of the propaganda during that time that people sometimes forget what it really is all about that we're celebrating. But also before Resurrection Day, uh, a lot of people are also not aware of the prophecies in the Bible uh, about Jesus going to the cross prior to resurrection. And we want to be able to talk a little bit about that. And also we want to encourage our listeners and our viewers to follow along with us. Uh, Nathan, I was wondering if maybe you can take us there to Psalm chapter uh, 22 because there's many areas in the Bible, right, Nathan, that actually prophesy uh, of of the Messiah being crucified and died on the cross. Yeah, that's amazing in of itself because I think you, you said Psalm 22. And Psalm 22 was written by King David, though when you read through it, as we will, then you can tell it's not David just reciting what the Messiah is, is um, saying. God himself is giving the words to David. And David wrote this 1,000 years before Jesus was yeah. crucified. Now, crucifixion wasn't even invented by the Romans until near 300 B.C. So the fact that the Messiah was prophesied to be crucified and not stabbed or stoned, but that's what the Jewish people did. They stoned their, the people they convicted. Uh, that's amazing because it, it wasn't even invented yet, and yet crucifixion is, is found in prophecy. Remember, you could read uh, Matthew 27, 46, that Jesus, while he was hanging on the cross, 
about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you take, uh, forsaken me? Mm. And you read that, and you're like, why did he say that? Well, Second Corinthians 5.21 tells us that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus quoting word for word his agony on the cross, as he becomes sin for me, and the Father cannot look upon sin, and so therefore Jesus became sin. And as Jesus hung on the cross, he was quoting verses from Psalm 22. Wow. <laughs> that just blow your mind or Nathan, and you know, not only is that amazing, but you gave us a reference in terms of years. When this, I mean, we're talking about like a thousand years. This is not like a year or two. This is a lot of, a lot of time in between. Yeah, the Gospels give us a kind of a summary of what happened to Jesus on the cross. But if you want to know which both physically and spiritually and emotionally, then read Psalm 22. Because if Jesus quotes Psalm 22 on the cross, Psalm 22 is actually Jesus' first-hand account of his agony on the cross, but written a thousand years before it happened. Now, doesn't that blow your mind? Nathan, that is amazing, you know. So, yeah, if you could take us through a Psalm 22, that would be fantastic. I want to encourage us that are watching and listening. We see a number of you watching us live via social media. We thank you for that. And uh, it's, it's just awesome. This is an incredible passage. Certainly, certainly. Well, again, Jesus in Matthew 27 yelled out, My God, my good God, why have you forsaken me? On 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Far from the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, and I'm not silent. And in these two verses, it ties together the emotional and spiritual suffering that Jesus had on the cross, written by King David a thousand years before it happened. Wow. I mean, Nathan, that, this is why people uh, don't understand and we thank everyone that is tuning into the program because this is a very important passage uh, as we talk about the prophecy of the cross. And for those individuals that sometimes ask, is the Bible authentic? Is the Bible real? Uh, well, Nathan, I think this is very authentic to me being able to uh, announce something or prophesy a thousand years or so before it occurred. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I really does. Well, for God, you know, he lives and exists outside of time. That's right. So he interacts in time from outside of time. So when we look at our, our point in history, we say, well, this prophecy is past and this prophecy is still fulfilled. But for God, all prophecy has been fulfilled. He's already in the eternal state. History of, for humanity is already done. But he records it throughout our human history at different times. So Jesus can experience the cross in you know, 30 to 33 A.D., but would record his experience at 1000 B.C. Mm. That is the mind of God. That is the power of God. And, and, and Nathan... I, just, I get goosebumps every time you read <laughs> You know, and that's why we, when you look at the, the plan of God for humanity, the, the cross was all part of God's plan along the way, right, Nathan? And that's what we find in the gospel. This Everything that we are going to be noticing here, his agony, uh, all that Jesus went through, uh, it was God's plan all along uh, because Jesus was the Redeemer. He was supposed to die for our sins. And instead of uh, us paying the penalty of death, Jesus hung on that cross, right, Nate? He did. It was always God's plan. From the beginning of time, when before we were created, the Bible says he knew us. And before time began, 
Jesus knew that he was going to sacrifice himself for mankind. For as we were created, he knew that we would rebel against him. And the reason is this. God wants to populate eternity with people who want to be with him, yes. not have to be with him. And unfortunately, there's a lot of suffering and dying in our rebellion against God. I mean, awful, awful stuff. But God allows that because he wants to have the free will to choose him. Now, most people throughout human history will reject Jesus. And they will have to, unfortunately, suffer for their sins. They're rebelling against God. But we need a way to be saved from our sins, from the yes. punishment of our sins, which is hell. And Jesus died on the cross so we can have that. And he claimed to do that before time began. Again, that God works out of time, outside of time like this continues just to make blow my mind. Well, and you know, Nathan, when you when you spoke those verses to us that Jesus himself was the according on Psalm, not only do we just see this prophesied, but we also see the details uh, of the crucifixion and exactly what Je how he was going to endure when he was going to be there at the cross. Uh, Nate, there in verses uh, 16 uh, uh, through like 21, uh, that is an amazing picture there in details uh, of what the Psalm is writing. And exactly what Jesus endured. Would you be able to pick those up for us as well there in Psalm 22? Certainly. Now, uh, from the apostles' point of view, there was John and uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and uh, Mary Magdalene. Those are the only three who witnessed. So what they recorded uh, shows us their perspective. But from Jesus' perspective, Satan and the demons were around there mocking him, along with the mm -hmm. Pharisees and Sadducees. As well, and particularly since all surrounded me, the band of evil has encircled me, they have pierced my hands and my feet. So, right there, there's a reference to the crucifixion. There would be no reason to pierce the hands and feet of somebody in David's time, but the Romans had created crucifixion, and they, of course, you had to put a nail right. through the hands and through the feet into the wood to hold the man up to publicly humiliate him. So, the dogs were the Romans, the dogs were. Uh, the uh, Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, you got right. Jew and Gentile crucifying Christ. But as we read through, you'll see that there's also a demonic element. Satan was there to mock Jesus as well. Mm. And as Jesus suffered on the cross, verse 17 tells us, I can count off my bones. People stare and they gloat over me. Jesus was stark. But when you're on the cross and you're held up like that, the right. your cage all, all shows you're, you're stuck and you're trying to breathe. And so people can see the bones on Jesus right there. Mm. And they divide my garments among them, and they cast lots clothing. And Matthew 27 records that the Roman soldiers gambled for the last thing that Jesus owned in the world, a very nice tunic that was given him, and they gambled for Jesus' clothing. And that happened exactly... Like the Bible prophesied the thousand years before, the Romans gambled for Jesus' clothing. Ooh. And Nathan, that's why this is just amazing. The details that we find here, like you mentioned, I mean, this is a thousand years before it occurred. And uh, I mean, when you, when you place history, who else uh, fits this picture, right, Nathan? Right. Those skeptics who say that Jesus self-fulfilled his prophecy, how do you get yourself crucified? Like that, how do you get the Romans to gamble your clothing away? You know, how do you record all the evidence a thousand years earlier and then live by it exactly? It's impossible. Jesus couldn't even pick his birthplace. His birthplace prophesied that he'd be Bethlehem. He couldn't have prophesied the family he was born to, uh, the descendants of David, but he was. Again and again, that Jesus fulfills 108 specific 
prophecies about the Messiah proves that Jesus Christ really is the Son of God. He's the real deal. He's the Messiah. He is our Savior. Woo, amazing. <laughs> Nathan, that, that's why also as we look at uh, Psalm 22, just the details of this and not only that, but you and I also have touched on the Isaiah chapter 53 as well. Just the incredible details in Isaiah 53, right, Nathan? Uh, in terms of the suffering, uh, of course, many people maybe are familiar with the movie uh, The Passion of Christ and so many other movies that have come out. And of course, a lot of those uh, details and references they got from the Bible, especially there in, in Isaiah 53. Would you agree, Nate? Isaiah 53 is such a powerful chapter. There's probably no better messianic chapter outside of Psalm 22 that talks about the Messiah. And the Jewish people for centuries believed that Isaiah 53 spoke about the Messiah. That is, until Israel was destroyed by the Romans, and then they started applying Isaiah 53 to the nation of Israel. Instead of the Messiah, it became a symbol for the nation of Israel. And to this day, Orthodox Jewish people will skip over Isaiah 53 because it points so specifically to the fact that prophesied as the Messiah that Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophecy. And Jewish people have nothing to do with it. And so often we'll skip right over Isaiah 53 or say that Isaiah 53 is about Israel not the Messiah. Nathan, and that's a good point. And honestly, uh, you know, the reality is when you read through the details of Isaiah 53, uh, most of us will want to skip it because it's just so unbelievable, the suffering that the Bible talks about. But this is what we need to recognize. Before the resurrection, uh, there was the cross, right, Nathan? And the suffering had to be there. Jesus had to endure that for us. Sure. Well, what are some of the choice verses in Isaiah 53 that really point to the crucifixion for you? Well, Nathan, I thought uh, verses 5 uh, through 7, those are some that maybe we can read uh, for our viewers and our listeners in case they didn't have a Bible, because it really gives us a lot of details there of why Jesus, how he was afflicted at the cross. Well, certainly. Verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Right. By his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led in the land to the slaughter, and as a sheep before it sheared the silence, so he opened not his mouth. Well, wow. you know, Nathan, sometimes we can, those of us that are believers, sometimes we can read this and kind of skip over uh, really the details of it. But Nathan, when, when we talk about hit by his stripes, we were healed. When we talk about in John 19, when it talks about scourging, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because sometimes we watch the movies in Hollywood and they show Jesus like with a little mark or two and a little drop of blood. But that's not what these stripes mean. That's not what scourging was all about, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, Pontius Pilate, who was the governor at the time for the Romans, tried to release Jesus. He didn't find him guilty at all, but he wanted to appease the Jewish people, so he had him flogged. Now, the flogging process wasn't just a you know whipping of the right. you know, bamboo cane or something behind the woodshed. <laughs> this was a basically a cat and nine tails whip mm. that had embedded bone and metal in it, and they would it would hit your back, and then if you pulled the whip away, it would tear the flesh off your back. And so Jesus was scourged to the point where so much blood would have been lost that he, most of these people who were scourged by the Romans 
didn't survive. They died. Remember, that's why Jesus couldn't carry the cross after a certain point because he had lost so much blood and was so weak wow. that he couldn't continue on and Joseph of Arimathea was asked to carry it. So the scourging wasn't just, yeah, a few strikes along the back. It was pretty much meant to leave your back an inhuman mess the rest of your life should you have even survived it. And yet, it says by his strike, we are healed. In other words, mm -hmm. he suffered. We deserved to have been flogged and then crucified and then buried and then sent to hell. That is the punishment for our sins. But Jesus, being perfect, took those. He was wounded for our transgressions. That was transgressions meaning our sins. Yes. He was bruised for our iniquities. Our iniquities are our sins. Because be like sheep have gone astray. We've turned no, we've done our own thing. We wandered away from God. Mm -hmm. We said we don't want anything to do with you. We want to live our own way. And we can't live that way. That's rebellion against God. That's sin. We hurt ourselves and we hurt other people. And Jesus then, like a Passover lamb, like a, like a sacrifice, this little sheep was sacrificed in our place. And he became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Mm, excellent point. Thank you so much, Nathan. And again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned in to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. Again, as we're talking about here, the prophecy of the cross. Before the resurrection, there was the cross. And we notice here that all this Jesus endured. For you and I, because uh, he loves us. And of course, we see here in Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, uh, John 19, how all these things were uh, already spoken about uh, and prophesied in details. And Nathan, uh, when you read those passages there uh, uh, in Isaiah 53 and also the suffering, uh, some people think that, you know, Jesus wasn't human, that when he was going to the cross, that he didn't have any feelings or emotions, but he was, he was at one point crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right, Nate? He did. He, um, that was the hardest part. Here we've got the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, yes. united for eternity. But when Jesus became the sacrifice, when the sins of the world came on him, God had to look away. And similarly, when a person goes to hell, which we will one, uh, those who have rejected direct Christ's sacrifice will one day, they are also separated from God. God turns away from them as well. Now, God is the source of life, the Bible tells us. And when we're cut off from life, it means that we live forever as in death. Mm. And so Jesus was feeling that for the first time. And so, of course, he explained, exclaimed, excuse me. No problem. And of course, as we're looking at uh, Psalm 53, as well as John chapter 19. We want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening to uh, grab your Bibles and uh, follow along with us as uh, we're discussing this very important subject matter uh, having to do with, uh, with the prophecy of the cross. Uh, so, Nathan, thank you so much. And, yeah, continue to um, just open this up to us. So if you have any other references, that would be fantastic. Well, what's wonderful is that in Psalm 22, between verses 21 and 22, so far up through 21, it has been about Jesus suffering on the cross. And then, oddly, you get to verse 22, and it changes. So it goes from suffering and affliction to all of a sudden, I will declare your name to the brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. Fear the Lord, praise all you descendants of honor, revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I fulfill my vows. And what was Christ's vow to fulfill? To die in the place for mankind. 
Wow. So, brother, it doesn't say this explicitly that the resurrection happened, but clearly there is a change here from suffering and having a vow to be fulfilled to having already fulfilled the vow and mm-hmm. proclaiming his victory to the world. And, brother, it doesn't say it, but it implies it here yes. that Jesus Christ would be resurrected from the dead. Ooh, I love that, Nathan. And Nathan, isn't that our hope? I mean, <laughs> we, 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 one of the things that you and I do every time we do our program is we let people see the hope. Uh, yes, there's challenges, there's difficulties, there's a lot of terrible things. But at the end, there is always hope when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. And, and Nathan, that's what the, the resurrection is really all about. And we don't want people to misunderstand us when we celebrate Easter. I know sometimes people do the egg hunt and they have the uh, Easter bunny and all that. <laughs> but let's, let's not forget what it's all about, right, Nathan? No, it's about Jesus Christ. The ultimate sacrifice for sin. All of human history points to that. The fact that Jesus Christ even came on the earth. Look at your calendar. Even though they're changing it from B.C. to, to B.C.E. and A.D.C.E. Yes. You know, they could change it all they want. That the central point of all of human history falls on Jesus Christ. And his death and resurrection is the ultimate pinnacle of his first coming prophecy. Now, the ultimate fulfillment is his second coming prophecy, Jesus' return to set up his kingdom yes. on earth. Now, man, what I love about these verses is if you read verse 30 in Psalm 22, posterity will serve him, future generations will be told about the Lord, they will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. Man, that verse is talking about you and me and everybody alive today. We are continuing 2,000 years later to talk about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. We're proclaiming his righteousness to an unborn people. And where it says, for he has done it, it can be translated as, it is finished. And what did Jesus say on the cross? What's the last thing Jesus said on the cross? It is done. It is finished. It is finished. He has done it. It is finished. So from beginning to end, Psalm 22 is an account of Jesus on the cross. Isaiah 53 foretells how Jesus would die on the cross. The Messiah died on the cross for our sins. And the Bible talked about it hundreds, if not a thousand years before it happened. Wow. If uh, Now people probably wonder, what are these guys so excited about? Well, that is a lot to be excited about. <laughs> it is. It is. The you, Bible is the Word of God. There is no yeah. doubt. Because fulfilled Bible prophecy proves the Bible is the first hand account from God Himself. Nathan, and I thank you for sharing because I, I just hope that people get a fresh look and a fresh account of Resurrection Day this time around, that they will maybe look at these scriptures a little closer and see the hope that was already prophesied to us of what to, we can expect in the future. And, and Nathan, and this is why we encourage and implore people that if they don't have a relationship with the Lord, to come to know Him now while there's still time, right? Amen. Time is short. Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to take those who put their faith and trust in him up to heaven before the terrible time period coming called the tribulation. God's second judgment on the world. The first judgment being the fullness, the second judgment being the tribulation. And so we want everybody listening and watching to be part of that rapture of that church, that taking up, casting up of those who put their faith and trust in Jesus up to heaven to be with him forever. And you can have that by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by praying from your heart, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus Christ, who already died on the cross for your sins, your guilt, 
is now upon him. Your yes. punishment is now upon him, mm. and you are saved. Praise the Lord, Nathan. That is fantastic. And listen, maybe you've trusted in Christ. We would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. Let us know that you've trusted in Christ. We'd love to send you a Bible. And if you want to write to us, we and send us your address. We are located at 1000 Foster Road, Hollandale, Florida, 33009. And we'd love to celebrate with you that incredible step of faith that you just have taken. And Nathan, that's what the cross is all about. Yes, there is sadness in the cross, but then there's rejoicing in the resurrection. Right, Nathan? Amen, brother. The resurrection is central to the Christian faith. Because if he didn't resurrect from the dead, then our Savior would be in a tomb. And what good is a dead Savior? That's right. And, and I don't know about you, Nathan, but when I wear a cross, I make sure that it's actually no, no one hanging on there to represent that our Savior is alive. <laughs> Amen. Yes, the Catholic cross might have to use a sign, but uh, he got off that cross. <laughs> he was in the grave, days later, came back to life, and he is alive today. And someday we are going to see him face to face. And man, I look so much forward to that day. And that's why Resurrection Day or Easter means so much. Yes. It's a reminder that our Savior loves us that much. Mm, amen. So we want to encourage you as we're running out of time. Listen, when you celebrate Resurrection Day, it's okay. Do your Easter egg hunt and all that kind of stuff. But don't forget that it's Jesus that we're celebrating. Right, right Nathan? <laughs> Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season, not bunnies and chicks and family outings and going to church once a year or twice a year. No, it, it's about a Savior, a God, who loved you before the creation of anything that was made and had a plan for you to die for your sins so that you may be saved, so that you can live with Him forever. He loves you that much. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, as we close, I, I, I don't know if uh, you might be able to see the picture live on Facebook.